This is the CCOH podcast brought to you by Community Church of Hudson, located in Hudson, Iowa. Join us in our conversations with any questions or thoughts by submitting them to podcast at ccohonline.org. For more information about Community Church of Hudson, please visit our website at www.ccohonline.org. Hey, thanks again, everybody, for joining us here on the CCOH podcast. We are so glad that you have returned uh, for more stuff, uh, for more biblical knowledge and everything. Uh, however, this isn't the You Ask For It series, but we're going to get to that in just a moment. Pastor Chip Pereira here along with Pastor Dustin Paulson. We're, we're Again, we're so glad that you have joined us uh, again for more fun and excitement here on the CCOH podcast. We're in a brand new series. Uh, we just started it yesterday on Sunday uh, with uh, <laughs> Wrestling with God, uh, the story of Jacob. We're going to get into that in all just a moment. Um, as, as for everything else, if you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, uh, or anything that you'd just like to bring forth to our podcast that you'd like to talk about, or even just say, you know, well, hey, I like the story of Jacob. Let's let's kind of continue with this after four weeks or so. You can definitely do that by emailing us at podcast at ccohonline.org uh, slash, yeah, podcast at ccohonline.org. Man, I'm like all sorts of weird, weird up today. I don't know why that is, but uh, anyhow, again, thoughts or comments or questions, podcast at ccohonline.org. Uh, you can email us and you just let us know what you think about all of this. So let's dive right in. We started yesterday on the, this brand new series, Jacob Wrestling with God. It, there's a whole lot that came out of it. Now, before we get to Jacob himself, we're going to kind of go back in the book of Genesis just a little bit, and and here's the reason why, and I'm going to actually let Pastor Chip kind of take the role on this, why we kind of went back a little bit before we go jumping right into Jacob's story here. So let's let's go with it, Pastor Chip. Why do we jump back a little bit before Jacob's story here and before his birth? Well, we, we wanted to pick it up where, where it started. Um, you know, I think the interesting thing about Jacob, and, and just to help people who may not be as familiar, have some context to who we're talking about. Old Testament personality. Uh, oftentimes when you read the Bible or you even speak to Jewish people today, they will mention Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's the Jacob we're talking about. Uh, Abraham would have been his grandfather, Isaac his father, and Jacob. They're the patriarchs, if you will, of the, of the uh, Jewish faith of the nation of Israel. And they hold great esteem in the in the hearts and minds of of those folks that that uh, would are Jewish or would come from Israel Israeli descent um, and rightfully so as as the scriptures unfold but we went back to the beginning of his birth and and really what begins to happen because we actually pick up the story when you read the Bible uh, it's hard it's it's hard to put this in your head but it's important to remember that it's not necessarily written in chronological order. So Genesis in, and the chapter numbers are not necessarily the chronology of the life of whoever they're speaking about. So, for instance, our text yesterday was Genesis 24, primarily chap, uh, verses 12 through 27. But in chapter 25 is actually the birth of Jacob and Esau, which we'll talk a little bit about this morning yet. So we really didn't start, but we started at the beginning of where we meet Jacob and his story really begins. It began at 
obviously at the birth, but that had more to do with Isaac and his interaction uh, with the boys. Um, so we picked it up in 24 because 20 or yeah, 24, because that's where we pick up the story of Jacob's wife coming into the account and his journey really in his adulthood kicks off from there. Um, we'll touch on things that happened between birth and this story, the rest of the uh, the rest of the series, but the important part for this one is actually not a lesson from Jacob himself, but rather the servant that is part, the key part of this story. Interesting, interesting stuff. I, I literally didn't know that, like, because again, like maybe like others out there who think that Genesis, you know, is obviously Genesis is the, the beginning, the culmination of everything, but yet that, you know, as you go by chapters, that sometimes it just doesn't happen chronologically. Well, maybe a correction on how I said that. The story rolls out in order. Sure. The details of the story are not necessarily told chronologically. Okay. Okay. I mean, again, you know, you just, of course, 24 chapters beforehand, you know, you have creation, you have Noah, you have all, a lot of actually other good stuff in right, there. But right. again, we're focusing specifically on Jacob's story here. So let, let's let's dive in into the fact that, you know, right where we're at, why we're before it and, you know, what, what the, the lesson that we get out of this is well, for it. You know, I, on our ad on Facebook, I kind of threw, you know, shared it on my personal page and I put on there one of the just statements I made was if you've ever wondered if your life really could be used or thought that God couldn't use your life, mm. this is kind of the series for you and hashtag it's not how you start. And that's really the story of Jacob is up until a certain point why we're calling it wrestling with God is actually Jacob is the individual in the Bible that there's a story of him wrestling with, quote-unquote, an angel. Scholars are all over the board on that one, but I'll save that when we get there towards the end of the series. But he wrestled with, with God, with an angel, or God, or Jesus, or, you know, we'll talk about that more later. Teaser. Um, <laughs> so, and, he, and obviously he's important, and obviously God used him, and he's in the genealogy of Jesus, and he played into the promise that God gave Abraham, and et cetera, et cetera. So clearly, even though his life started not so hot, it was what God did through his life that ended well that God was able to, to perpetuate his story with and, and the blessings that were promised to his grandfather. So really, that's kind of where we're, why we're starting where we're starting. And the lessons that we learned looking at the life of the servant in Genesis 24. So... I won't read the whole chapter. If if you're if you haven't seen the sermon yet and you're curious, go read Genesis chapter 24. The whole thing it'll help you put in what I talk about tomorrow or yesterday, excuse me, in context. But we pick up the story in our in our text that we used verses 12 through 27, where Isaac has sent one of his servants. We're actually not told his name in the middle of this story to go and get a wife for his son. So common day and age practice that they were in was arranged marriages. Parents would, would, um, you know, basically it worked this way. If the, if the male's father went to the female's family, they would pay a bride price. If it was the other way around, there typically wouldn't be a price paid, but there'd be some arrangement made. So 
Isaac is, is asking, because Isaac is coming towards the end of his life, and he wants a, uh, Jacob to be married, so he sends a servant to his clan, to his family line, so that they could keep the family line alive, to find a wife. Well, the servant gets to this area, ends up praying to God, and the scriptures say while he's still praying, while he and he actually is making a pretty deliberate. Well, we'll just let's look at it for sake of conversation. In in Genesis twenty four, starting in verse twelve, and he, the servant, said, "O Lord, come, God of my master Abraham, please grant me." Or sorry, I'm back. To, I got the chronology. So this is Abraham sending Isaac's wife, Rebecca. This is the this is the hump for Jacob's father's wife. So it says, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing at the spring of the water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Let the young woman to whom I say, please let down your jar that I may drink and who shall say, drink and I will water your camels. Let her be the one with whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. By this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. Verse 15, before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her water jar on her shoulder. Verse 16, the young woman was very attractive in appearance, a maiden whom no man had known. She went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. When the servant ran to meet her and said, please give me a little water to drink for my, from your jar, she said, drink, my Lord. And she quickly let down her jar upon her hand and gave him a drink. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. So what we see happening here is the account is, is the idea that Abraham's servant is sent to find this spouse. And all of a sudden, as he's praying, it begins to unfold. Now, there's a ton of lessons here. So before I get into the lessons, just to clarify, because I got myself confused as we started. We had VBS last week, so I think we're both a little foggy. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> but dun, and, dun, and dun, 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 speaking dun, dun, of, dun. we're a little foggy with actually having very little to do with VBS. Uh, <laughs> there were a ton of volunteers that helped it. It was amazing. Thank you, Thank volunteers. you to everyone who, who participated, helped, brought food, brought cookies, whatever role you played, we are so grateful for your help and helping G uh, kids know Jesus more fully. So to restart, where we started is before Jacob. We're actually picking up in the account where Abraham sends his servant to find I, I, Isaac's I, spouse. So, but the reason for this is because the, the difficulty that Abraham and Isaac run into is ironically similar. So if you don't remember Abraham's story, Abraham married Sarah. Mm -hmm. God promised Abraham and Sarah that they would be the father, or he would be the father of many nations. Like if you looked up at the stars, your kin would be similar, you know, innumerable is the idea. Well, it was, they were in their 90s before Sarah was, was barren, unable to have kids, and they were somewhere in their 90s before Isaac shows up. Well, as God's story unfolds and Rebecca and and Isaac get married and so on and so forth, there's actually some barrenness that happens in that story. God does another miracle and Jacob shows up. But the, the reason the servant matters in the story of Jacob is because 
of what we see him do and some of the lessons as he plays out this reality of, of introducing Rebecca into the story of Isaac and Jacob. So what he begins to do is it's important that we're talking about this week the idea of God's provision. And so what's important to notice, and we talked a good bit about this yesterday, um, what's important to notice here is that the servant knows that God had a plan. And in the midst of God having a plan, the servant had to position himself in order to receive the answer to the plan that God had for him. I got you. You know, that's absolutely good. So you know, help help us out a little bit. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about provision. We're talking about um, the reason behind the provision and uh, even some of the similarities that, you know, you get from Abraham and his wife's story now to Isaac and Rebecca's story. Um, you know, so let's maybe touch on the fact like once once we march towards Jacob, you know, what kind of similarities do we see in not only in Jacob's story, but maybe help our listeners maybe point out some similarities in their own lives? Um, you know, again, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say this for for ourselves too. Um, my wife and I, you know, we we got married, and at one point, we you know, we were we were told that we were not going to be able to have kids on our own without any aggressive uh, modern treatment of medicines. Now. How how Rebecca and you know uh, Sarah, both in their days, other than you know being blessed by God innumerably, I, I just couldn't imagine you know ancient medicines you know or anything like that back in the day. But you know when when it comes to you know our modern day medicine, you know we're obviously thankful, but yet we were also super blessed by God because we did not have any aggressive treatments to take. You know all we. Yeah. So all we did was just, you know, we were blessed by God to have an, our, our beautiful daughter who's now seven months full of joy, full of laughter, full of everything. Um, but again, let's let's understand God's provision for from Jacob's end and maybe help point out some uh, stories in our listeners lives, you know, too, of where God maybe has provided for them. Well, I think as we unfold the story of Jacob over the next few weeks, I think there'll be some that that are pretty noticeable uh, on comparisons. And, and, and obviously, I'm not giving away the rest of the weeks, but we're digging into... So Jacob was a twin when things ultimately happened. with, And so it was Jacob and Esau. They were both in the womb, Esau being older, Jacob being the younger one, second one, however you say that with twins. And the Bible records that he actually came out holding on to the ankle of his brother. And so that set up a contentious relationship you know, they kind of sort of always had one. Um, at one point, Esau was hungry. He was a hunter. Jacob was more of a farmer. Uh, so they kind of just had different roles in the in the family. And for whatever reason, Jacob was out hunting, maybe didn't come back with much. And, or excuse me, Esau was out hunting. Jacob's there and Esau's hungry and asked for some of the food that Jacob had made. And Jacob says, promise me your birthright, which you know, I'll, I'll unpack that more when we get there. Basically, it is the inheritance of the oldest son in the Jewish culture. And Esau gives it to him. Well, then Rebecca and, and Jacob fool uh, Isaac as he gets older and blesses him. And so there's just this playing out over the course of their lives of 
really what, what I could sum it all up in is up until a certain point, Jacob is trying to manufacture what it is that God is trying to do in his life or what God wants to do in his life. Because um, again, as I said a moment ago, clearly God had a plan. We're now talking about him in positive lights eventually. And, but the whole time it was along the way is that he was trying to manufacture the, the way that God was going to do things. Um, and we saw that played out in Abraham with his servant girl who, where is where Ishmael came from in the Bible. So we see that and that's a reality in all of our lives. And it's one of the reasons that the servant's brief interaction in Genesis 24 while that's a long verse, most of it is repeating the story to the families and, and setting up the actual transaction happening. But the the brevity of his story in just those 15 verses is an incredible thing because not unlike this request upon him to go and find a spouse, God had a plan for that. He could have probably done it any way he wanted to make it happen. There could have been other ways of doing it, other avenues of getting the job accomplished. But what he did was he began to set himself into the position so that the plan of God could unfold. And so we see it in, in verse 12. Um, and he says, he begins to pray, he says, Oh Lord, God of my master, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to you, to my master Abraham. Well, so when I say position himself for the provident, providential move of God, I do mean physical and I'll get there. But there's also a heart matter here that is a right position. His plea for the results weren't about him. They weren't so he looked good. They were so his master was blessed and that the steadfast love of the Lord would be seen. And so, you know, those are important things as you begin to position yourself for the promises of God. There's the, there is a physical reality to it in some cases, but there is also the spiritual or the heart significance of having yourself in the right place to be able to receive what God wants from you. Good deal. So, again, right at the start, and I know you said you had posted about this series on Facebook, and it's like you don't start here. Could correct me what you said on Facebook there. It's um, not how you. Uh, it's not how you start. It's not how you start. Okay. So, you know, when when you said it's not how you start. You know, immediately, kind of my mind thinks about going to the to the side of like, okay, watching like America's Got Talent or whatever, and you see uh, a fifty five and over person kind of like maybe restarting their career and restarting their you know with their with their talent that they you know kind of either put off because of whatever reason or just because they picked it up and you know they got pretty good at it. So, I mean, is is this something like that where we're, we're kind of talking about you know where? okay and i'm sorry for for saying it like in that regard but is this something like you know later on in life where we're picking up stuff later on and then you know maybe making a success out of or is it something different that we're we're looking towards well i think it's a little bit of both but i think with jacob it is more about so again to the servant who started positioned with his heart correctly I think what we'll see in Jacob's account as we go through the series is he didn't start positioned correctly, mm -hmm. but eventually he ends up positioned correctly. Sure, sure. And 
what I think we'll unpack and we'll unfold as we go throughout the whole series is that most of us have done that in our lives. Most of us have some form of a journey of up and down in our obedience to Christ and to in our relationship with him. So what, what we're seeing in Jacob is not so much a, I'm trying a new thing, as much as an un, a better understanding of God's pro, mm-hmm. plan for his life. Um, and pretty clearly comes to a significant uh, crossroads in his life. You know, the wrestling with God moment is, is an incredible thing. I can't wait till we get there, probably week three or four. Um, it's a WWE match between God and Jacob. But what he ends up talking about, what ends up happening is this whole idea as he struggles with God is he ultimately begins to take God at his word and just begins to demand is, is the wrong word without context. But what he begins to do is just push in on what God's promises are. And there's a part where in there where Jacob declares that he won't let go until he blesses him. So it's this idea that I won't let go until you do what you say you're going to do. In turn... Again, I'll talk a lot more about this in a few weeks, but in turn, it the records that the it his hip was touched. So most people believe he walked with a limp the rest of his life. So it wasn't about the limp, it was about the fact that there was a mark and a recognizable fact that he had been with God. And so I think when we think about our lives, one of the lessons we have to learn from Jacob is God has probably put all kinds of crossroads in our path along the way. And we typically have one of two or three responses to a crossroads. We can curl up in a ball and, and whine and pout about the crossroads that we're at and do nothing and learn nothing. And eventually we just kind of continue down some, some path. Or we can get bitter about it. Mm-hmm. And usually that also turns us around. Or I think finally, what we can do is we can acknowledge the fact that God has a plan better than ours mm-hmm. and realize that it's not how we start, but it's how we finish. And I think one of the things that the enemy loves to do in our ears and in everyone's ear, and whether you claim to know Christ or not, I think you can resonate to this, whether you would claim it to be Satan or you would just say it's the, you know, the little dude in your, on your shoulder... <laughs> All of us, at some point or another, or continually or habitually or whatever the frequency is, wrestle with the reality of the thought and the voice in our head that there's no way we can do X because we're not good enough or because Y has happened in our life. Well, under our own power, those are probably true statements. But it's when you engage in what God has for you that you're able to leave your past in the past and move forward. There was, uh, we were just watching the other night, again, Avengers Endgame. I won't do any spoilers. If you haven't seen it, it's sold like $87 billion. Dustin's raising his hand and I'm refusing to mock him. But <laughs> no spoilers. It's a great movie. Great movie. It's a good movie for superheroes, if you like that kind of thing. But there's a line that Thanos makes in the movie. It won't give anything away. You're good. You're good. (laughs) 
Well, it may. Have you seen Infinity War? I haven't seen Infinity War, yes. Okay. So, ultimately, there's an argument about the post-snap thing and between some of the Avengers and Thanos. And Thanos makes this statement that I get that it's a comic book. I get that it's some guy in a room writing these lines. but he And I'm paraphrasing, but he made the line of something about the past is hard to change for those who were in it because they can't accept the new and move forward. And like, that's huge. Whether mm-hmm. you're part of an organization, whether you're part of a family, whether you're part, whatever you're a part of, if there's been a good past and something changed or it's been a, an okay past and something's changed and it's moved forward or it was a great past, but there's new on the other side. If you were been in it for a long time, it's hard to accept the change. And I think that's one of the lessons that we can learn from Jacob is that, that God is steadfast, but the change has to be through our relationship with him and what God begins to do in our hearts and in our lives. Yeah, see, even the Avengers can be very biblical and theological. So, yes, go with it if you, you want. You throw out WWE. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're right. I did throw out WWE on, on this one. So, But, again, we'll get to that. Uh, whenever that actually re- that wrestling match happens at WrestleMania uh, pre thirty or whatever it is, I don't know. Anyhow, so again, give us <laughs> way off track here today. Wow. Uh, anyhow, so let, let's 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 take this into consideration. You know, again, we're talking providence. We're talking about blessings. We're talking about pro- everything. You know that that it just. It relates to blessings, promises, providence, and everything of that nature. Maybe let's look at something that we can challenge our listeners with. Um, just from the the pre-existence of Jacob in, in this story where we're talking about. Um, and cause the, not only that, because I want you to get your quotes in that, that you want to say to people here too. But on, on that end, what what is a challenge? What is something that our listeners can take away to in, in hearing God's providence for not only for them, but maybe for say a neighbor across the street who's having a bad time and they've talked their stories out and, you know, one-on-one or whatever. It's a, a coworker, a friend of theirs, someone even in, in the pews that they may, they know and they, you know, they won't say it, but what's a challenge that we can take away from the pro, the providence from God and his blessings and his promises for this week? Well, I think, you know, and it was kind of the big idea yesterday, but I think, Really, it boils down to through Jacob's life and his poor decisions and rebellion and all the other things that will that if you read his life, you'll you'll find out what we learn is that God doesn't give up on people and that his purposes are not dependent on us deserving his uh, discerning his presence or acting upon his will. So here's what that means. God doesn't give up on people. Hard stop. However, his plans will be accomplished. And, you know, when God made the promise to Abraham and God began to to provide the descendants that ultimately, you know, the people of Israel are, you know, in, in large part are the promise of that culminated through Jesus on the and his life and death on the cross. But Ultimately, that wasn't God's plan B. When Adam and Eve screwed up in the garden and 
you know, there was the punishment from that and then ultimately the flood and ultimately all of those things. None of those things caught God off guard. None of those surprised him. They ultimately were tools in his hand to accomplish his ultimate purpose. So in if our lives, as we look back, again, it's not how you start. If we look back on our lives and we continually say to ourselves, man, there is just no way possible. None of those things, A, caught God off guard, surprised him or freaked him out. And B, his plans will be accomplished. So we can either choose to step into his mission and his movement and ultimately be blessed along with him because we are connected to his mission or we can continue to try and do our mission and he'll use somebody else to accomplish his. Mm -hmm. Um, But one one of the authors I was reading says it this way. He says, when we are what God meant for us to be, so when we are people who live as those who truly know him through Christ, we become something much greater than we could ever have been on our own. And I think that's the reality of what people are looking for and people are, are digging into. And the challenge for us is to not allow superficial, secondary, uh, inferior things to replace God and what he could do and wants to do in and through us. Good deal. Good stuff. And again, um, you know, if there's anything that you'd like for us to know about, any thoughts, any comments or questions, excuse me, that you may have from this podcast, this recording here, email us at podcast at ccohonline.org. We'd love to hear every part of it. You know, we'd love for you even to be a part of our conversation and to even help drive a, a continued conversation with us here too. Um, give us a, a now next next week. We're going to be again in this in this series of Jacob. Um, real quick, give give us a thirty second maybe rundown of what we're going to look at, what we're going to talk about in in the next part of Jacob's uh, story and the next part of his how how he's walking with God and how he gets closer with Him. Yeah, you know, next week we'll begin to, we'll talk, we'll get into the birthright and, and the blessing scenario that I talked a little bit about. And um, again, it kind of lies, sort of undertone of this whole series will be the idea that your theory of who you are isn't, God isn't dependent on it to accomplish what he needs in you. But it's about that positioning yourself in order to receive what he's planned to do for you. So we'll jump into that part with Jacob and Esau, the blessing and the birthright and the the wrestle that that created and what ultimately uh, started. Again, Jacob's life gets off to a really kind of bumpy start there for a little while. Um, So we'll look more at that. But it's the idea that there is a, for those who are followers of Christ, there is a blessing and there is a birthright that is um, bestowed upon us as we surrender our lives to Christ. Good deal. Thank you again, Pastor Chip, for uh, your time and talking about God's providence, his blessings and everything through Jacob and even through our lives too. Uh, Again, we'll catch you guys next week on the CCOH podcast. Uh, Thanks for hanging in there with us. For Pastor Chip, I'm Pastor Dustin. We'll see you guys next week. This has been the CCOH podcast brought to you by Community Church of Hudson, located in Hudson, Iowa. 
You can subscribe to our podcast at www.ccohonline.org slash podcast for the latest episodes and conversations we have about sermon messages and topics in our world today. If there are any questions that were not mentioned in this recording, please contact us by email at podcast at ccohonline.org. Join us next week as we continue our conversations.